In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. Life is full of paradox. For instance, having more choices makes it harder to choose. Try getting a toddler to choose something when you give him more than two. Sometimes that's a hard thing. Or the road to success is frequently paved with failure. Things that go together that doesn't sound like they make sense, and yet they do. Christianity itself is no stranger to paradox. G.K. Chesterton compares Christianity to other religious systems, and he determined that Christianity was uniquely hospitable to paradox. In fact, the gospel itself is a great paradox. Our need to recognize that we are weak and unable to save ourselves is what allows us to receive salvation that God offers through Christ. Falling short of his glory, we are rescued by God to become like him. Paradox. In our epistle today, Paul deals with yet another one of these paradoxes of our faith, our hope that our mortality would be swallowed up by life. Death and life, hand in hand. And the question ultimately asked of this passage, how do we attain such life in our heavenly bodies? Of course, we have to begin to seek to understand this passage where Paul begins. As this chapter of 2 Corinthians starts, Paul reminds us that we do indeed have hope as Christians of living after we die. This earthly body is a tabernacle, which is another way of saying it's a tent. It's a temporary dwelling place. It was never meant to be permanent. We have physical and frail bodies. Yet Christ himself tells us that that he has gone to prepare a place for us. And we have a record of those who were witness to his physical body after his resurrection. Meanwhile, in our lives, we, time after time, witness physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual frailties, both in ourselves and in those that we love. And we feel deeply time and again, that life should not be this way. There should be more. There should be no pain. There should be no sorrow. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. And so, as Paul says, we groan. Sometimes inwardly. Sometimes audibly. Outwardly. Groaning, yearning, longing for that life that we know should exist, that is free of pain, free of death. As one of the church fathers puts it, our groaning is not so much a longing as to not have a body, but to be free from the corruption that is in our bodies. We long to be clothed with something more permanent, the heavenly dwelling not made with hands, given to us by God. We long to have our mortality swallowed up by life. 
Origen, another church father, emphasizes that this physical body and that heavenly body are not two different things. but Rather, that this body that we have will be transformed and have eternity added onto it. Whereas Paul says in this passage, to be clothed with it. This is indeed the great promise and hope of our Christian faith. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Paul reminds us in the middle of this passage that it is God himself who not only gives us this life but who has made us to desire it in the first place. We who have a longing to remember the way that humanity was created, Adam and Eve walking in the garden with God when there was no pain, when there was no death. Something in our souls longs for that because we know that to be our true home. Yet God does not leave us just to take his word for it. We do not have to take simply even the written accounts of the disciples or from Paul as our sole assurance. Rather, the Holy Spirit itself is given to us in our baptism, in our life of faith, time and again. The Spirit which is imparted to the church and to each one of us is given to us in earnest, as Paul calls it. Or to put it another way, it's a down payment. It's a layaway, if you will. A small amount given in advance in hopes of what is yet to come. God has much, much more in store for us after. He merely gives us a taste to let us yearn and long for what is true ultimately. How then do we carry on in this earthly body through all of these trials, temptations, and pains? Paul himself, as he's writing, is numerously times imprisoned and beaten for his faith. The Corinthian church wonders how he continues and carries on. He says, with confidence. Confidence because we know that this is our hope. Confidence in that we know what is true. Yes, he says, we walk only now by faith. We do not yet see. We are apart from the physical presence of our Lord. But we endure because we know that when and if our bodies fail, we shall be present with him, clothed with that heavenly body. But he is warned we do not want to be found, having been clothed with a heavenly body, to be naked. And another paradox of this passage. Because, he says, before we get between here and there, Before that moment when we shall see God in his person, we shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ, in which all of our actions taken while yet limited by this mortal frame will be judged, whether good or bad. So Paul advises us to be at work, to, like himself, to labor, to find ourselves acceptable to God, whether we are absent from him or whether we shall soon find ourselves present with him. He doesn't explain here what being acceptable to God really means. But we can look to him elsewhere in Romans 12, 
first two verses to gain a little better understanding of what being acceptable to God looks like. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves and your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Another paradox. You are to be a living sacrifice. While we yet live, we are to sacrifice our mortal flesh and our desires to the will and desire of God for our lives. And in so doing, in striving to be disciples, people who follow Christ, we will find that God is already at work in us to transform us and our minds, to enliven us with the hope and joy of what is yet to come, of which Paul speaks in this passage, that we can live in greater assurance of having the life that we were created for, transformed, eternal, in God's presence, without pain, without fear, without death, the life of faith eternal. You, church, are so loved by God that he desires you to be with him and has sent his son for us to show us the way to live the life we could not live, to give us a glimpse of his resurrected flesh which we can hold on to as our hope, that thing which we all yearn for. You, church, press in to this hope. Press in to your faith, to your maker, who wants yet to remake you into his image. May you find his peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.